Thank you for joining us here on St. Andrew's Ministries. This is our uh, podcast, and uh, we're going to be playing a uh, sermon that I did a few weeks ago called Turning Back to God. I recorded it outside my parents' house, so you'll hear the birds chirping, the wind going, and the uh, and the chimes going, but it's a very good message on what we need to do as a country to turn back to God. Because as it says, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves, I will hear their I will hear their voice and heal their land. And that's what we need right now in this country is is our land to be healed. So sit back, enjoy the the message, and you can always check out our website, standrewsministries.org. If you ever like to uh, help out with what we do within our ministry, uh, we're working on a uh, prison ministry project. Uh, we've got a new Christian study ready to send out and uh, working with the American Bible Society about getting some Bibles printed uh, that I could send in to inmates and also uh, working with the Fellowship Track League on some tracks that I can send in as well. And if you would like for me, Brother Louie, to uh, come out to your church and talk, uh, just you can email us at info at standrewsministries.org. So uh, thank you. Hope you enjoy. Second Chronicles 7.14 If my people who are called by my name humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Micah 6.8 He has told you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Jeremiah 6.16 Thus saith the Lord, Stand at the crossroads, and look and ask for the ancient paths, where the good way lies, and walk in it, and find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk in it. Let's pray. Father, we ask that this message that is being delivered today go out and reach the people that it needs to reach, Lord, that we can turn from our ways, Lord, look to you, and heal our great nation. In Christ's name, amen. These three passages have a common theme. The Lord God of Israel, through a prophet, has told the Israelites that in order to get out of the predicament that they were currently in because they chose to turn their backs on God and do things their way is to simply turn back to God and walk in the path of righteousness. Second Chronicles covers the time from Solomon's ascension to the throne in 971 BC until the southern kingdom of Judea was finally carried into exile in Babylon in 586 BC. The focus on this book is Judea. The author, more than likely Ezra, was more concerned with telling the story of David's descendants who reigned over Judea than with the history of the northern kingdom of Israel. This is the time when the kingdoms were split. 
The centrality of Jerusalem, where the temple was located, falls in line with the book's overarching focus on the priesthood as well. The post-exilic Judeans needed a reminder of who their God was and how he led them back and always protected them. History provides the best lesson for them. The author uses the history of, Ju of Judea to demonstrate that God blesses his people when they remain faithful and joyfully worship the Lord. Larry Richards in the Bible Reader's Companion states that history itself is a call to worship, an invitation to hope. If the struggling community of Jews in Judea will put God first as they got, as did godly generations of the past and show their commitment by a similar zeal for worship, the Lord will surely show his faithfulness to them. The line of David yet again will take Zion's throne and the kingdom of God will be established over all the earth. In Micah, the minor prophet writes of a prophecy during the momentous years surrounding the tragic fall of Israel to the Assyrian Empire in 722 BC, an event he also predicted first in Micah 1.6. So I, the Lord, will make the city of Samaria a heap of ruins. Her streets will be plowed up for planting vineyards. I will roll the stones of her walls into the valley below, exposing her foundations. During this period, while Israel was imploding from the effects of evil and unfaithful leadership, Judea seemed to be on a roller coaster ride, ascending to the heights of destiny in one generation, only to fall into the doldrums of another. In Judea, at this time, the reign of good kings and evil kings alternated. Much of Micah's indictment against Israel and Judea involves these nations' injustice toward the lowly, unjust business dealings, mistreatment of women and children, and government leaders who lived in luxury off the hard work of his nation's people. Jeremiah found himself addressing a nation heading headlong into judgment from God. The Israelites may have feared the future as the outside powers drew near, but rather than respond with humility and repentance, the people of Judea primarily lived, primarily lived as islands unto themselves, disregarding both the Lord's commandments and the increasing danger that resulted from their disobedience. Jeremiah's ministry began in 627 BC and ended sometime around 582 BC with his prophecy to the Israelites who fled to Egypt. For the majority of this time, Jeremiah based his ministry in Jerusalem. The southern kingdom of Judea fell during Jeremiah's prophetic ministry in 586 BC, having been threatened for many years by outside powers, first Assyria, then Egypt, and then by their eventual conquerors, Babylon. This sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? Now, the history I just read to you all three of those books kind of intermesh together as uh, events happening during these same times, but you got three different viewpoints. And you have to remember, this isn't the first time that Israel has been conquered. By this time, I think with the Babylonians, it was about the third time, if I remember correctly. But does it draw you thoughts to what's going on today? This time of craziness that is plaguing our great nation? This time of 
outright greediness and disdain for our fellow men who may not be as blessed as us? This time of voices of evil intent who are trying to pull away, pull us away from the message of the gospel? They who try to water down Christianity so much that it doesn't matter anymore? Those who recall recoil at the mention of Holy Scripture, just like a mirror revealing a dirty face, as it says in Romans 3.20, By the works of the law no flesh will be justified in his sight, for through the law comes the knowledge of sin. We see it today throughout all of our nation and in our culture, the lack of knowledge of sin, but also the lack of just plain outright knowledge for education. That we can lay at the feet of the liberal elite that has succeeded in brainwashing younger generations into these spineless pod people who are triggered at the slightest, tiniest little thing. The horror that some feel today when the gospel is shared or read, I feel today, it, it's just, I feel today really right now that God is holding back his punishment of our nation because he knows that great godly men are answering his call to preach the gospel and that a revival is about to come to our land. We see it every day. As it says in Second Chronicles when we first started, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. He lays out the path here. He lays out the plan. The first thing we need to do is humble ourselves. Yeah, that's right. Humble. We need to get on our knees. We need to confess our sins as a nation as well as our own personal sins. Uh, Sometimes right here people should be saying instead of amen, oh my. <laughs> or oh me I know I am I know that we are not as perfect as God's creatures Christians are far from it but we, if we humble ourselves enough to acknowledge that we need to die to self daily then we need to remember that if we confess our sins he is faithful to, faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, as it says in 1 John 1, 9. That's all it takes. Just get on our knees and allow God to show us what we have done because our righteousness is as of dirty rags, as it says in Proverbs. Just ask for forgiveness of our sins. Lord, just forgive us. Humble us. Bring us back to you. You know, as it says in James 4, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee to you, flee from you. Draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh to you. If we just turn back to God, he will bless this great nation. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy into heaviness. Have that heaviness. Have that conviction of what's going on in this nation. Humble yourselves. There's that word again, humble. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Chronicles, 2 Chronicles says, you know, if we humble themselves, if we humble ourselves, he will heal our, heal our land. James is telling us, if we humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, he shall lift you up. Now, the second thing we need to do, obviously, 
is pray. After we've prayed and, and asked forgiveness for our sins and humbled ourselves before God, we need to pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 and 18. Paul tells us to pray without ceasing and to give thanks in all things. Is he asking us to be on our knees 24-7? No. He is telling us to remember what was told to us in Proverbs. Lean not on thy understanding, but acknowledge him, and he will direct thy paths. John Piper has a wonderful commentary on this. And he says, what does it mean to pray without ceasing? I think it means three things. First, that there is a spirit of dependence that should permeate all we do. This is the very spirit and essence of prayer. So even when we are not speaking consciously to God, there is a deep abiding dependence on him that is woven into the heart of faith. In that sense, we pray or have the spirit of prayer continuously. Second, and I think this is what Paul had in mind most immediately, praying without ceasing means praying repeatedly and often. I base this on the use of the word without ceasing. In the Greek, uh, deliatops. In Romans 1 9 where Paul says for God whom I serve in my spirit in the preaching of the gospel of his son is my witness as to how unceasingly I make mention of you now we can be sure that Paul did not mention the Romans every minute of his prayers he prayed about many other things but he mentioned them over and over and often so without ceasing does it mean that verbally or mentally we have to be speaking prayers every minute of the day but we should pray over and over and often our default mental state should be, oh God. Third, I think we, we pray without ceasing means not giving up on prayer. Don't ever come to a point in your life where you cease to pray at all. Don't abandon the God of hope and say there is no use praying. Go on praying. Don't cease. So, we should humble ourselves, pray, and seek his face. We can seek his face by making sure we walk with him daily. You have to remember that your salvation wasn't finished as soon as you prayed the sinner's prayer. No. You have to continually press toward that high mark. Your relationship with Christ is not a sprint, it's a marathon. These gnats are getting all over me. <laughs> we are commanded to feast on his word daily the bible is our spiritual food we need christians to wean themselves off the bottle and get into the meat of the word like paul says in hebrews 5 11 and 14 of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered seeing ye are dull of hearing you are lacking of hearing you're not even listening is what he's saying there for when the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need of one to teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and become such as in need of milk, and not of strong meat. Paul keeps saying here in Hebrews, I'm having to keep telling you time and time and time and time again. And this is not the first time he says about milk and weaning yourselves off and getting onto that strong meat. He had to tell the Corinthians this time and time again. Verse 13, for everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. 
But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. We need those strong Christians today. We need a spiritual army to fight. This war is already here. You know, people talk about the end times, and when the end times happen, and and the tribute times of trials and tribulations. Folks, it's here. We need a spiritual army to fight. That war is upon us. Satan has mustered up the liberal elite, the subversive left-wing content creators that is Hollywood and New York City that controls our news and what we see, the closet communists that is Antifa, and the ivory tire academic crybabies who whine every time that someone is bold enough to tell the truth and back it up with facts. This gospel is the truth. This gospel is facts. Sorry if I keep seeing waving my hands. These these uh, no seams down here in the south. <laughs> Where are the Christians who will stand up and say enough is enough? I am taking back my country and my culture. This country was founded on Christian principles. You can wipe out an entire generation. You can burn their homes to the ground, and somehow they'll still find a way back. But if you destroy their history, which is what's happening right now, our history is getting destroyed. If you destroy their achievements, they're knocking down our statues, they're knocking down buildings. Next, they're going to try to knock down churches, guarantee it. It's as if they never existed. They're trying to erase Christianity out of this nation. And by the looks of it, they're having a very good time doing it and doing it well because we haven't stood up and fought back we have to fight back we have to be that army we have to put on the whole armor of God and say enough is enough we need strong Christians who will understand and follow Micah, Micah 6.8 and seek justice love kindness and walk humbly with God we need Bible preaching churches to get out into the mission field that is the United States we send missionaries all over the world. We need missionaries right here because this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where our culture is. This is where our history is. This is where our faith is. Our churches are. We need these strong churches. We need to bring back Christianity. We need to bring the nation back to its biblical foundations. And we need to preach the gospel. And we need to tell people that the gospel is what will cure the ills of our land. All of the issues that have boiled up in this year can be answered in one simple truth. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that no one should ever have to face hell. But know that they have eternal life that is in Christ Jesus. And that if we are truly Christians, if we truly seek his face, if we truly humble ourselves if we truly get on our knees and pray without ceasing we will love one another and that will cure our land I close with this let us go and look for the ancient paths that's the word of God feast upon his word daily get into the word daily listen to good quality preaching Find podcast, immerse yourself in his word, learn, and find where the good ways lies. Let us go back to Bethel as Jacob did, 
and pray to God who answered us in our many, many times of distress in this country. God has blessed this country many times over. And let us return from our wicked ways so that we can seek his face and heal this land. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for the message that has been brought to us. Lord, let it go out and let it go forth and let it just permeate all who see it. Lord, let it be a, a voice and a, a mechanism for you to come into this land and bring revival, Lord, because that's what this nation needs, Lord. We pray for everyone out there who is struggling through this time, Lord, who are wondering, where are you, God? Let them know that you are here. You are admit in the midst of this that you have control and that you're still on the throne. In Lord Jesus' name we pray. Amen.